Hello and welcome to season two of Stuck in the Mud, the podcast. In this season, I'm opening up some of the bigger themes from my book, Stuck in the Mud, Stories of Hope for When You're Stuck. If you're interested in the book, it is on general release. What I say to people is, look for the yellow boots. Now, in this season, I'm interviewing a bunch of different people in a way that I hope you'll find interesting. What we've done is chosen a theme, prepared four questions each for each other, and then taken it in turns to open up the conversation to see where we go. I hope that you enjoy all of these conversations, and I really hope to see you soon. So welcome to this installment of the Stuck in the Mud podcast. And today I've got uh, a, a good, actually kind of an old friend uh, who we've kind of pit stopped through the years together um, doing various different things. This is my friend, Tim Alford, and he has got a new book uh, out called Leadership 101, which we're going to be talking about today. Um, but for those of you who don't know who Tim is, uh, Tim, why don't you uh, introduce yourself in the context um, of this thing um, for the people listening and watching? Yeah, sure. Um, well, hey, John, thanks so much for having me on the podcast. Uh, pleasure to be with you. Uh, yeah, so I'm Tim, and uh, I live in Malvern. If you haven't heard of Malvern, I don't blame you. Uh, but it's near Worcester. <laughs> and uh, I I'm married to Jen. We've got two kids, Tobiah and Aria. Uh, and uh, my job, uh, or vocation, I guess, is as the National Director of Limitless, which is the Youth and Children's Ministry of Elam Pentecostal Churches across the UK, though we serve uh, youth and kids workers and groups and churches, you know, cross denominationally through our events and training and, and so on and, and, and so forth. Um, and the, the inspiration for writing the book, John, uh, there were a few things I wanted to achieve with it, really. Firstly, uh, I noticed that there was, you know, lots of great um, leadership stuff, Christian leadership stuff. Yeah. And then lots of stuff that spoke to the practice of youth and children's ministry, but very few things that spoke to the leadership of the youth or children's worker. Yeah. And so it felt like there was there was a space there which would be helpful to try and fill a little bit. Mm -hmm. so, so I wanted to speak in, in, into that space. Um, but secondly, I, I wanted to try and prov provide something of a yes, yes, a book that you can read, you know, from beginning to the, to the end, cover to cover, but also something that would serve as a little bit of a leadership uh, field guide or, yeah. you know, a handbook or a manual, something that. Uh, you could um, return to as you are presented with different leadership challenges and opportunities in your ministry as you go along. And so that's why I wrote it in these like short, quick fire chapters. Yeah. Um, so it was you know, easy to reference, easy to, to access those different bits. Ah, I've got to have a challenging conversation with somebody in my team. What's the best way to approach that? Easy to jump into the book and, and find that, reflect on it and, and, and equip yourself with the tools you need to have that conversation and so yeah. on and so forth. Because I don't know about you, but I often find myself, you know, I'm preparing a talk or I've got a, um, I've got something coming up specifically around leadership I need to engage with. And I go, you know, I read something great about that in that book. Yeah. yeah where was that? And then I find myself trying to wade through 250 pages and it's a bit like a needle in a haystack. So I wanted yeah. to write it in a way that you, it was engaging and, and, and fluid and, you know, congruent cover to cover. Yeah. But you also come back to it and refer to it as a bit of a manual as you go along as well. So, so, so that was part, yeah, I guess the motivation for, for writing leadership 101. 
that's fantastic. And and I think one thing that's really funny is like I, I get the impression now I actually I'm not sure whether we are the same age. I get the impression you might be a bit younger than me, but but when I when I was reading and just to, just for the sake of the people uh uh kind of uh, watching this in in the future, I've got um a third of the way through the book already. And there's, it's split up into three sections, which I really like. And yeah. uh, and and one of the things that really struck me while I was reading this, and Tim, this is very much about your book, but I just released a book myself. And what's yeah. really funny is... Got right here. Hello. Hello. Oh, there it is, stuck in the mud. What's really funny is that when I got to the end of that first section... I had this moment where I was like, as as a leader, we're similar ages, we're leading people, um, lots of different people who are, you know, kind of in youth ministry and young people. I got to this point in your book where I thought, if I was a bit cleverer, I might have been able to write this, but my my reflections in my book as a as a leader speaking to other leaders on the ground. Um, I found that we're touching on so many similar themes. Mm. And I thought, man, you know, I, I've I've kind of written my book, Stuck in the Mud, as a storyteller, and I yeah. tell stories, and then there's reflections. But you've done such a beautiful job of unpacking the individual aspects that I was hoping to also kind of kind of weave into the narrative of my book, Stuck in the Mud. But But when I got to the end of that first section, I thought, man... You know, we're talking about some similar themes here, and I and it really um, it it really encouraged me that we were kind of finding some similar things. Um, yeah. And and this yeah. is really where my where my kind of questions are framed. One of the one of the first things I wanted to talk to you about was your section about rhythms, and about mm. and particularly about retreat rhythms. Um, yes. And I, and I wanted to ask you about that because I found it a real challenge because earlier on this year, I went on a, on a bit of a retreat and had a moment where I felt that God spoke to me about something which I've actually been struggling to put into place in my sort of everyday life. But you talk early on in the book about a moment where you felt God was calling you to a particular way of working and, and, and you've been successful at that. You've actually been able to, to to implement that. And I thought, you know, it'd be great to ask you about that and the impact that these rhythms have on us when we're when we're when we're uh, kind of going through our leadership journey. You know. Yeah. Um, yes. So so important, John. So, so I know the stories which you're referring, and I'll, I'll come to that in a moment. But in terms of the the rhythm piece, you know, I write about finding a. A, a daily, weekly, monthly, and yearly rhythm yeah. of, um, to, 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 to pause, reflect, and to innovate. Um, I am not wise enough or gifted enough <laughs> to lead out of my own strength or giftedness or capacity or experience. Mm. I need to keep in step with the Holy Spirit. I, I, I need to know what the Lord is asking me to do. I need to come to him for envisioning and wisdom and mm. uh, strengthening. Um, and I think that that is true for all of us. That's true for every leader. And actually, I think when we forsake that time of um, being in God's presence, listening to him, 
bringing what we're doing before him, I think there are a few dangers that are associated with that. One is that we carry on doing what we've always done just because we've already done it. Mm. Um, not necessarily because it's what God is doing now, mm. but what if some of the things that we're doing now that God was once in and that God once asked us to do, he since moved on from, but we were too busy to stop and listen and notice. And so we're still carrying on doing those things because they worked before, but God's asking us to do something new. We're not listening. Yeah. Um, so I think, I think that's a danger. I think what happens is that our, our ministries begin to plateau when we, when we don't take that time to stop and, and, and to listen to God, because again, you know, we, we're not in step with the spirit. We're not keeping on God's uh, agenda. We're just getting from one day um, to the next. But also personally, I think we can lose passion, energy, vision. We find ourselves starting to become uh, tired, cynical, burnt out. Mm. Um, I need the resource of the Holy Spirit in my life. I, I can't do it. So, so, so I, so my principle in, 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 in my life every day is that I'll spend time with God alone before I spend any time with my phone. That's yeah. my rule. So every morning, um, and it is a spiritual discipline and it's one I couldn't live without just a little time in the presence of God, in the scripture, in prayer, just in silence, actually sitting in enjoying the presence of God. Um, I, I, uh, try to do a weekly uh day of prayer and fasting funnily enough that's actually today and so just literally before recording this podcast i took a walk out of my office up onto the hill here uh with my journal in hand and i just sat with god on a, on a bench which has become a bit of a holy place for me a bit of a sacred space yeah um, i just spent a little bit of time with, with god you know where i usually be eating there monthly and funnily enough it's tomorrow. Um, I try to take a full day out um, to pray, but also it's a, that's a strategic moment as well. So, you know, we all get caught up, don't we, in the whirlwind of just getting from one day to the next, from one week to the next. We've got program to organize. We've got events to get over the line. We've yeah. got uh, talks and sessions to write. And, and, it, and it kind of can become relentless. And so one day a month, I want to stop and I want to think big picture. Yeah. And I want to think long-term strategy. So it's prayer, but it's also strategic future casting as well. Yeah. And some of the, you know, the biggest dreams and like uh, visions and God ideas have come out of those spaces. Mm. And then once every year, I'll do that same thing, but I'll do an overnight. I'll do it for two days. And I found that that's a rhythm that's really worked for me. So, you know, I'm sharing that not to say to people watching, listening, do that, though I think you couldn't go too far wrong. Yeah. Um, but but to encourage you to intentionally um, plan, prioritize, and protect. They say that about marriage, don't they? But yeah. with your time with God as well, plan, prioritize, and protect, protect those times to um, stop, be in the presence of God, dream, think, think big picture. Yeah, so, so the, the story that you mentioned, John, is one where it was one of those two-day um, yeah. annual retreats that I do I, either right towards the end or right towards the start of the year. Um, to reflect on what's been and, and, and think ahead. And the Lord spoke to me about three things, um, uh, the, 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 the three ways, in, I guess, in which he's gifted we, and, 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 and which I add the most value to the ministry that I lead to, to, yeah. to Limitless. Um, and those three things were leadership development, mm -hmm. vision strategy, and kind of 
public communication so whether you know that 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 that's preaching or preparing to preach or, or you know or, or or writing or podcasting or or, or whatever it is that kind of representation um of the ministry piece and the lord uh, instructed me to to work to give 80 percent of my working time to those three things yeah um and then you know the remaining 20 percent to those kind of whirlwind activities yeah, yeah. and you know administration and events organization and, and all that kind of stuff mm. so, so the way i sought to do that was um uh kind of visually to take my my google calendar which i open every day um and to uh <laughs> this is only going to appeal to a certain kind of person but it certainly yeah, helped, yeah. helped me um to color code those three activities um nice. those three types of activities in my diary so if it's if it's vision and strategy it's blue if it's public communication it's purple if it's leadership development it's green yeah and what that means john is rather than that just being like a good idea that i had or something that god spoke to me about and I, you know it's kind of aspirational literally every day when i open up my diary i can see instantly yeah. if, if i'm giving you know about 80 percent time or more of my time or more or less to the things God's asked me to give it to. And I know if I am uh, getting out of that rhythm, it means I can go, wow, you know, I've not really done that this week. I need to try and adjust my schedule a little bit. I need to try and bring it back. So it's just a practical and visible way to help me, you know, I guess execute on the on the instruction that the Lord gave me that time. Yeah. And if any of my team are watching uh, or listening to this, then they probably would have thought just then about how um, we have a system of, um, of kind of pie charts and color coding so that we can actually look at a visual representation about how everyone's time is being spent and make adjustments. And I love that. that actually doing that in your Google calendar, I think is really interesting. Um, I don't do that in my calendar, but I do that with my kind of um, sort of timesheets, things that, that we do as a team, but that's really yeah. fantastic. And I think, I think that those kind of rhythms, um, it's it's so essential that that we have those rhythms. Really, whether whether we're um, I don't know, like leading a big organization like you, or you know, kind of working down the local shop. Actually, hearing from God and finding those personal rhythms of leadership are are applicable for absolutely every single person yeah. um, in, in every walk of life, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, uh, uh, absolutely right. Yeah, and, and the, you know, I, I'm fortunate enough to be uh, employed full-time in a, in a ministry role, so there are certain privileges that that affords me. Yeah. But the, the majority of those things, um, certainly that principle of, spending time sitting in the lord's presence first thing we do every day you know i'm a dad of two two young kids you know yeah. i've got a busy job like everyone else but I, I i'm still able to do that certainly yeah. that principle of, of a rhythm of, of prayer and fasting mm. um i'm sure even you know the busiest person is afforded a, a half an hour lunch break yeah. where on a day they could go out of their office they could take or well, wherever it is they, they could take a little walk they could just spend a few moments in prayer yeah. you know jesus said when you fast and he not if you fast see so, the, the, these these kind of rhythms you know we 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 they don't they won't uh, they won't come to us we have to go after them yeah. um they, they they don't appear by default we have to 
craft and create the time to experience them. But for, for anyone in leadership, particularly in Christian ministry, how, how can we lead if we're not being led by the Spirit of God? Um, I, I, I don't know another way. So. No. Another area that you picked up on at the, early in the book, I found, I found a joy and so helpful and quite unique. And that is the time that you spend, and it was only a small section, but it was poignant. You talked about exercise and exercise is close to my heart. Um, uh, and rhythms of exercise is close to my heart. But I, I noticed that, uh, particularly in the youth work world, that we work, you know, morning, noon, and night. Every every youth event's pizza. Every breakfast's bacon. Every you know, kind of every lunch club's donuts. You know, and and I find sometimes that over the years I look back at myself and I go, actually, the the kind of almost the youth work cultural kind of uh, lifestyle is is almost inherently unhealthy and i love the fact that you spent a moment talking about fitness um um i i don't know whether you have any kind of big revelations about this but i but i i think that kind of movement regular movement um is 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 you know it's i mean it's as much kind of um it's much an expression of holiness of anything else. But I, I think it was really interesting to hear that you make a point of it in the first really couple of chapters of the book. Um, why was it important to you to add, it, even that small section, to add something about the rhythm of movements in self-leadership? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question, John. And I think the reason we can undervalue looking after our bodies is because we detach what is physical from what is spiritual yeah but that's not biblical theology mm. biblical theology is deeply embodied in fact our future hope isn't like a, a disembodied ethereal floaty spirit it's a resurrection body yeah um uh, our future hope isn't a uh, floaty, cloudy heaven. Mm -hmm. It's a new creation. Yeah. Uh, it's a physical, material world where the heavens and earth are joined together as, as, as one. Um, and we make a mistake when we detach what we do with our bodies from our spirituality and from our discipleship. Yeah. So Romans chapter 12, what, what does it say? Um, uh, Offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. Yeah. Why? Because this is your true and proper worship. So according to scripture, our true and proper worship isn't about the songs we sing on a Sunday morning. It's about what we do with our bodies. Mm. What we do with our bodies is our, is our true and proper worship. Uh, and, and so things like um, having a, a, a consistent and regular rhythm of sleep, a consistent, a consistent and regular rhythm of exercise, um, you know, a, a healthy diet, putting good things into our bodies. These things are deeply spiritual pursuits. Yeah. Um, and they are part of our discipleship uh, and our, not just our discipleship, but our worship of God. Um, not to mention 
the 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 benefits that are associated with sleeping well, eating well, and, and exercising well. Actually, we increase our capacity as leaders. We increase our energy as leaders yeah. um, when when we have those healthy rhythms um, yeah. built, built into our lives. And so I, I, you know, please don't hear me wrong. I'm not saying that everybody needs to be an athlete. That's yeah. not what I'm suggesting here. I'm not saying everybody needs to be a marathon runner or you know. Um, but but for, but I do think it's incumbent upon us to um, be good stewards of the bodies that God gave us mm. through the way we sleep, through the way we eat, through the way we move and exercise. Um, and actually, those things will make us better leaders. Because uh, not to mention, I haven't even started to I haven't even started to touch on the mental health benefits yeah. of that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, and if we're struggling with um, our mental health. One of the one of the most positive things you can do to impact the, your your mental well being is have a regular pattern of exercise, being outside in nature, eating well and sleeping well. These things are are huge and they are deeply spiritual. Mm. Yeah, I I I I yeah. As I say, I I love that, and and I was so encouraged to read that in the first part of your book um uh yeah. that that those that those rhythms are, are important and and as i say i think um you know often in in kind of youth work we we sometimes get out of those those rhythms particularly good eating like you're talking about um yeah. um yeah. sleep the mental health stuff um is is uh is 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 crucial and 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 in some ways and i and you said this a second ago it's not that we want an end end result of being, um, you know, kind of a pumped up athlete, but getting our, but getting the discipline right for the glory of Jesus, um, yeah. and uh, and discipline in in all areas of our lives. Um, yeah. You talk a bit about the social media. You talk about yeah. Netflix, and you know how many hours we while away without even realizing it. You lose them. Uh -huh. You never get them back. But. All of these rhythms, I think, are, are, are absolutely wonderful. So, yeah, thank you so much. What, what, are, your, what are your rhythms, John? Because you said, that, you know, it, movement being something that you think about that's important to you. But how, how have you made that work as a youth worker with all of those challenges of sometimes, you know, unsociable hours that we do in youth yeah. ministry, et cetera, et cetera, uh, uh, with family as well? How have you made those rhythms work in your life? Yeah, so, I mean, I, I, I'm similar to you. I've got three kids. Um, and uh, and 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 the the organisation that I lead over a few different communities, sort of locally, and I got to a bit of an impasse. Um, it was 2014, uh, and I had struggled, um, and I'd struggled from probably 2009, um, really finding it quite difficult to um to to get into good rhythms of of um uh, the organization i was leading in the southwest that that went quite uh, that ended quite abruptly unfortunately i was made redundant and the move to to this area in shropshire um uh, you know it felt like good news but everything along the way got very close you know the difference between coping and not coping was 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 you know it was it was it was very close right, and right. by the time we got to 2014 uh and i'd and I'd, I'd i was 17 stone um i wasn't uh eating particularly well i was struggling to um 
I was struggling to figure out why I wasn't, why things weren't working. Do you know what I mean? Like it was, you know, um, but actually what I discovered is that actually some of the, some of the past difficulties, some of the past hurts had, had meant that I'd just kind of gone into a bit of a, a bit of a kind of crisis mode with, with eating and with exercise. Um, so all I was really succeeding at was, um, doing my job well. Do you know what I mean? Like, you know, I yeah, felt like yeah. I was doing being a dad all right, and I was being a husband pretty well, I think. But the only thing that I was really succeeding at was was doing my job. Yeah. And and I got to a point where uh, where my my health, the doctor was a bit worried. You know, everything kind of was spiraling, and and I hadn't at that point made the connection between the kind of, you know, the, like the physical and the, and the, and the spiritual, if you like, you, you talked about that a minute ago, I hadn't really made that connection before. I hadn't, I, I, I don't think that I'd really considered that, but needed a massive, massive change and found that, um, weirdly enough, finding consistent movement, it, it basically, it kind of started to deal with everything else quite naturally. So my prayer discipline became quite linked with my movement discipline. So Mm -hmm. getting up early in the morning became exercise and prayer and, Mm -hmm. you know, then prayer and exercise. And, you know, that, that turned into a much kind of healthier lifestyle. What it did in my relationship with Jesus was interesting because I found that 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 both of those things were were quite connected. And then over the years, I mean, I'm a little bit bigger now than I was when I first lost the weight, but I'm a lot stronger. But actually, that um, that discipline, uh, I find that if one goes, the other goes. They're they're almost the same yeah. these days. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that and that's been that's been a, a real challenge. Yeah, totally. And you've used you've used the word discipline there several times in, in what you've just been saying. It reminded me of Hebrews 12, 11. No discipline seems enjoyable at the time, but yeah. painful. Later on, however, it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. And mm-hmm. and that is true of, of, of exercise. It's true of eating well. It's true of getting up early in the morning to spend time with Jesus. It's true of fasting. It's true of all, all of these things, you know. Yeah. They may not feel natural or enjoyable at the time, but you, you're so you you so feel the benefit of it when you build these things as consistent disciplines into your life. That you absolutely no yeah. doubt about it. Um, yeah, yeah. I was going to say never a true word spoken then, but it's obviously in the Bible. So it's, yeah, that's right. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, so let, let let me ask you about something else because uh, again, in the first section of your book, I'll just keep showing it. There you go. It is <laughs> really lovely. In the first section of the book, you refer a number of times to the seven habits to, um, uh, Stephen, to, yeah. to Stephen Covey. And, uh, and again, I just was like, yes, mate, because I, I've been a student of the seven habits for, for a long time as well. And, um, and I, and I wanted to ask you, because I think everyone that knows the seven habits material, um, uh, has has got a a favorite uh habit or favorite story that surrounds the habits 
So I'll give you my example, and then sure. then we'll see whether sure. you've got one. Yeah. So, so my example is the green and uh, green and clean that Stephen Covey tells the story about. He asks his son to to look after the front lawn. He says, you know, look at the neighbors. Oh lawn. yeah, yeah, it's yeah, 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 yeah. So he says, look at the neighbors' lawn. It's 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 green and clean, and uh, and I want you to look after our lawn. And the aim is for it to be green and clean. And so he says, you know, this is yours now, son. This is this is um, this is yours to do. And the son agrees, and they have a pact. And it's like you're going to do this. He's like, yeah, I'm going to do it. And a couple of weeks go by, and the kids done nothing. And so he goes to the son, and he says, um, uh, you know, you haven't been living up to this. Remember, it's green and clean. That's what we're going for. And it just goes on and on and on. And then the penny drop moment is that he realizes that the pact with his son has got to be to walk alongside him to to make that lawn green and clean together and yeah. that 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 kind of um responsibility is not just handed over but it's walked and yeah. And, yeah. and i and and that stayed with me for years and years and years and i and i always come back to that and i thought you referred to seven habits so many times that you must have a favorite uh, a favorite habit or a favorite story in it that you uh, that yeah, you remember? Well, uh, yeah, particularly in that first section of the book that yeah. that you read, because that that because as you say, it's it's three sections, and the first section is the self leadership section, yeah. and then you know there's culture and team building and vision and strategy as the other two sections. Yeah, uh, and because of the nature of seven habits of highly effective people, it was a really useful source for that um, for that self leadership section and. Probably my favorite, it's not a story, it's an illustration actually, um, that comes to mind as you asked me from Seven Habits. And I think it might be one that I, I refer to in the book, um, is, is the idea of sharpen the saw. Yeah. So, so he talks about like, you know, imagine that you're cutting down a tree. Yeah. And you've got a saw and you're, you know, you're, you're trying to cut down this, this tree with a saw and you're moving it to and fro, to and fro, to and fro. Um, and you hate to stop because it feels like progress is ceasing. Um, but actually taking the time to stop and to sharpen the saw will actually make that work more effective in the long run. Yeah. I love that as a principle. And actually it refers back to the first question you asked me, John, and the, and the, the principles of um, those rhythms of, of stopping to pause, reflect and innovate. That is the sharpen the saw stuff. It, yeah. it may feel it may feel like oh, I can't I can't do that because I'm so busy and I've got to cut down the tree. Yeah. But actually, when we do build those rhythms in, we're sharpening that saw so that the, the work is is more productive, more more uh, 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 efficient in the yeah. in the long run. So yeah. I, I love that illustration of, yeah. of sharpness. That's great. And if I and if I can say one thing, I really enjoyed Tim is that in the Seven Habits. Sharpen the saw is the last thing you find out. What I love about your book is it's the very first thing you talk about. And yeah. um, one thing I really value, I don't know whether this is, this will make sense to everybody um, who's listening, but one of the things I teach my team when they're teaching, particularly when they're teaching, is to not act like a like a cheap magician. You know, the the <laughs> big the big reveal should be the first thing you say. And I, I say to my team all around, you know, when you teach, when you preach, it shouldn't feel like 
you're revving up to a big ta-da, you know, the ta-da moment of, you know, I've said lots of things now and now I'm going to hang it together with this. You know, I love the idea of putting front and center the most important thing and saying, okay, guys, this is the most important thing and it's going to be the most important thing now and at the end. And I love the way, I don't know if you were, whether you did it on purpose, but I love the way you actually started the book with, look, guys, we're going to have to sharpen the saw. That brought me yeah. a lot of joy. Um, and and it brought me a lot of joy to start your book and go, yes, yes, yeah. this is good. Yeah. Well, yeah, it, it's funny you should say that, actually, because um, I, yeah, I, I, the, it, obviously sharp, sharpen the saw that's the kind of pre preface if you like but then in the first chapter I talk about the 10 most important things a leader should do every week and the first one is devote spend that time with yeah. Jesus every day like we were just talking about but then the last chapter is about keeping in step with the spirit mm. and how to stay you know aligned with what the spirit of God is doing yeah. um, so in that way you know different perspectives but on that same thing it's actually you know leadership is actually about us being led by god by the spirit of god and, yeah. and you know creating the space for that to happen so so yeah i i, I hear what you're saying yeah 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 it's a total wraparound i love that um um i i have a bunch of other questions but i kind of feel like m maybe what one of the most relevant things now to ask you is one of the things that uh, what has kind of brought you the greatest enjoyment and satisfaction in your leadership journey? Uh, maybe this is a way for us to kind of come into land and uh, and uh, and and um, and and wrap things up. But uh, but yeah, what's brought you the greatest satisfaction and joy in your leadership journey, mate? It's a great question. Um... And the reason I'm hesitating is because I think there are there are two things that um, I I take a huge amount of joy from. Yeah. The first is every time I see a young person or a person respond to the gospel for the first time and yeah. to make a commitment to Jesus and decide to follow Jesus for the first time. And, you know, especially when I get to hear, especially when a like a youth pastor feeds back to me, you know, a story like, oh, hey, you know, Sarah, she she made a first time commitment to Jesus at Limitless Festival and she's getting baptized today and she was sharing in her testimony about what yeah. God did in her life. And, you know, that kind of stuff just brings me huge joy because especially the event side of things takes a massive amount of work. Yeah. And those stories are, are the reason why we do it. And it makes it all makes all that effort and and work worthwhile so so yeah one is all those stories of um you know people giving their lives to jesus for the first time and getting to play a little part in that um but the other is i just i love spending time with leaders i love investing in leaders and so i guess one specific example of uh, and i do write about this in the book um would be when we started our youth group here in malvern limbus malvern um, we had a, at the time, 18 year old on the team with us, um, and cutting a long story short, she took on more and more responsibility over a few years. And then I handed the leadership over to her and served on her team. And I just, I, that moment of, um, you know, standing at the front of the church with the elders, 
laying hands on her, praying over her, commissioning her to, to go lead. Um, and knowing that I had had a little part to play in yeah. her leadership journey and helping to release her into her potential mm. and to everything that God has in her life. That was a great moment, you know, that brought me a, a, a lot of joy. And I think that's, you know, maybe it is a nice way to finish because um, that's what leadership is, isn't it? Leadership mm. is not about um, rallying people around you to help you succeed. Yeah. It's about releasing others into their God-given potential. Yeah. That's ultimately that's ultimately what Christian leadership looks like. And that's what great youth ministry looks like. Um, so, yeah. Mate, it's been such a pleasure to talk to you. Um, and I really do uh, want to recommend this. Um, uh, your book is, um, is, has, has for me over the, the last sort of few days when I, when I read this first section, it switched me on in so many ways. Uh, yeah. Some of it, a real encouragement. Uh, some of it, as I said at the beginning, that made me go, oh, that's so similar to things that I wrote. Um, yeah, I've yeah. done loads of like marking up on pages to go, yeah. I need to come back to that. Um, and I'm really excited to read the rest of it. And uh, and if you're listening to this, watching this, and you think um, this all sounds really interesting, uh, you can get this pretty much anywhere. Yeah, all the usual places. Usual yeah. places. Uh, it's um, it's very very good, and uh, and I do want to want to recommend that, Tim. I, I hope that all the promotion's been going well, uh, and you've probably had lots of this sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah, bits and pieces of you know zooms and and podcasts and and you know interviews and all of those kinds of things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it's one of those things where it's a, it's it's been like a real passion project for mm -hmm. me. You know, I I, I um, just got such a heart for those people, some of whom would describe themselves as youth or children's workers, some of whom have just put up their hands to fill a gap. But yeah. who have, who are giving something of themselves to pass on the gospel to the next generation? Yeah. Because sometimes that's really hard going, and often it's undervalued. Um, and I just really wanted to do something that would help. Um, yeah. And so, more than anything, I just hope it gets into the hands of the right people who are who are leading young people, who are leading kids, and it and it helps them. It helps them to to succeed in what they're doing. Yeah. Well, I'm certainly when I finish mine, I'm certainly going to be passing it on to somebody and I've already planned to buy a couple more to, to give to team members um, if they haven't already got that. So mate, thank you so much. Um, and let's catch up again soon. Thank you all of you for listening and watching. If you've been watching this on YouTube or Facebook and, uh, and really hope uh, to see you all and Tim uh, very, very soon. So thank you very much.